Open your Bibles to the Old Testament, if you would, the book of Leviticus. Last week was Easter, and we celebrated Passover, amen, and we talked about the awesome uh, Passover that God sent his son to shed that blood to become the ultimate Passover lamb, amen. And I want to talk a little bit this morning about something the Lord's put on my heart that I believe will bless everybody here. And as I'm getting there, I want to uh, take advantage of something that's happening in the news. How many know this morning that we are definitely continuing as a nation, as a world, to just slide downwards in morality? And um, we've had different times in the past where we've been able to know of a certain company or situation that's taking place. And I want you to know this morning that you have a power with your pocketbook. And we can speak with our pocketbooks. This is, uh, we don't talk politics from the pulpit, and this isn't politics, this is business. And uh, we know that there are companies out there that exist, and a lot of times we don't, you know, we don't know what everybody stands for. So we could be buying products that, that, are, that are supporting who knows what, but when we know, then that's when we need to take action. And I know for a long time, just so you know this, we, uh, we, we knew that uh, there's an agenda today in the world that is trying to change what is God's idea of marriage. Amen? And uh, twist that and, tw- and change that and make it different. And we know God's plan and his will for marriage. And that will never change regardless of what the world does. Amen? And that, that, that's still God's plan. But we had heard, and I remember, thank, thank God for Paul Platt telling me this, that Home Depot for a long time had that agenda, and they were actually using funds to push um, homosexual marriage and to push, and it's not just the homosexual marriage, it's them wanting to, to make us feel bad for believing that that's still God's plan. So there was an agenda there, and we began as a church to boycott Home Depot and not, and not go by there. We went and bought at Lowe's instead. And I don't know who else did it. I know me and Paul Platt did and from the church and those different things. And I want to tell you that not only us, of course, because we spoke with our pocketbook, what that means is if you don't go spend your money there, they're going to feel it. Customers stop going there and say, if you're going to, if you're going to use this funds for something we don't believe in, then we, can, we may not be able to stop you what you're doing, but we can stop buying from you. And you're going to feel that. And Home Depot felt it so strong that they changed their agenda and went back and said we're not going to do this anymore and so we didn't go back to home depot it, it was so strong they changed amen praise god and so we can speak with our pocket but but i want to tell you something this morning and i'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because i'm not going to try to make anybody feel bad but i know that a lot of people in our church and a lot of people in the world drink coffee from starbucks and starbucks is not only has an agenda that they, they are blatant about the fact that they don't care if we speak with our pocketbook. And I just want to read something. These are things that we don't do a lot, but when they come out before us in the news, we need to talk about them as a church. It says, according to reports, during the meeting, the founder of Starbucks Corporate Morality Action Center, every company has that kind of stuff, was concerned over the company's support of homosexual marriage. And I don't believe it was so much the issue as it was what was happening to the money. So this guy says, uh, the stance has affected shareholder earnings. How many know a lot of people have stock in Starbucks? It's a big company. After Starbucks backed efforts to legalize same-sex marriage in Washington State last year, 
So the company's announcement had resulted in boycotts against the coffee king. So people began to do what I just said about Home Depot. Say, you know what? We're not going to go drink coffee at Starbucks anymore because we're not going to support that. And he says, this is on the news, in the first full quarter after the boycott was announced, our sales and earnings, shall we say politely, were a bit disappointing. So thank God people spoke with their pocketbooks. Here's what's crazy. Their CEO goes to say not every decision is an economic decision. Despite the fact that this is their CEO's answer, despite the fact that you recite statistics, and this was someone in his company, to me, that we, did, uh, uh, that we are losing uh, in, in, in time uh, money from this, we did provide a 38% shareholder return over the last year, meaning more people, they were filling it in their, in their revenue, but their stockholders were buying more stock. And he said, I don't know how many things you invest in, but I would suspect not many things, companies, products, investments have returned 38% over the last 12 months. Having said that, He said, it's not an economic decision to me. The lens in which we are making that decision is through the lens of our people. We employ over 200,000 people in this company, and we want to embrace diversity of all kinds. Diversity is great. That's okay. The response drew both applause and cheers. This is at their annual meeting. Schultz then concluded by saying, if you feel respectfully that you can get a higher return than 38% you got last year, it's a free country. Sell your shares in Starbucks and buy them in another company. Thank you very much. That's what they're saying. They don't care. So some shareholders appear to be doing just that, uh, changing their shares from Starbucks and, and refusing to frequent the franchise as long as it is. Listen, this is the key. It remains opposed to biblical marriage. Amen? And so I want, I want you to know that this company could care less. They're, they have, they're doing what they could do, and I could care less about their money. And I'm making this statement for my, I don't go there anyways, but I have. And I'm, I'm not going to drink from that place. And so you can make your own decision, but I'm going to speak with my, with my pocketbook. Amen? And I'm not going to buy coffee there. I'm going to buy it somewhere else. And so you make that decision on your own. That's not politics. That's finances. And that's us standing up for what we believe in. Amen. They're standing up for what they believe in. So we need to stand up for what we believe in. We believe in biblical marriage. Amen. So I just want to throw that out to you. Pray about that. See what you can do. I personally go to Racetrack. Racetrack has good coffee. Amen. They have a lot, of, a lot better coffee, actually, to be honest with you. And it costs about one-fourth of what Starbucks does. Amen. Leviticus chapter 4, I want to talk this morning about the precious blood of Jesus. Can we talk about the precious blood of Jesus? Now, if you're here this morning, you may have never heard a message on the blood of Jesus. I want to remind you this morning that we're a week removed from what's called Passover and Easter. And it's the, the celebration of Jesus Christ becoming. I just want to throw this out for anybody who's here for the first time or new or doesn't understand what that even means, Passover means. It means a whole lot to us. Because back in the, in the Old Testament, the death angel was coming through the land. And that death angel was going to take out, because of rebellion against Pharaoh's hearts, rebellion against his people, he said, I'm going to take and kill every firstborn son in every household in this land. And he made a declare through Moses. And this declare went out. And the Bible says that they went and they prepared a lamb without blemish. 
a perfect sacrificial lamb. They went out and chose it, and they sacrificed it, and the Bible says they took the blood of the lamb, and I had the door out here last week. I probably should have left it for one more day, and they took the blood, and they put it on the doorpost of that, of that door, and the Bible says that when the death angel came through the lamb, if he saw the blood of Jesus on the doorpost, he would pass over that house and not take out the firstborn son. And I want to tell you this morning that for us in this place, whether we're young or we're old, Jesus Christ became that lamb, that perfect lamb for us. And he died on the cross and he shed his blood so that we can, watch this, pass over from death to life this morning. Amen. Pass over from addiction to freedom. Pass over from being bond in bondage to be free. Pass over from anger to happiness. Pass over from depression to joy. Amen. Pass over from the old life to the new life. Thank God. And it's because of the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we ask you to anoint your word this morning and anoint our hearts and our ears to know, God, that you are such an amazing Father and you're such an amazing Lord and you have such an amazing plan for us this morning. And God, if we just put our faith in you this morning, Father, you're going to do miraculous things in our lives and you're going to save our souls and our, and our families and our children. God, from what's to come ahead, Father, we thank you that, Lord, we've passed over this morning as we put our faith in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Leviticus chapter 4, I want you to read verse 27 with me if you would. Say amen if you're there. If any one of the common people, how many are common people in here this morning? Sin unintentionally by doing something against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which ought not to be done and is guilty, or if sin which he has committed comes to his knowledge, then he shall bring as his offering a kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin which he has committed. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill the sin offering at the place of the burnt offering. Then the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger, put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and pour out all the remaining blood at the base of the altar. Now watch this. He shall remove its fat, as its fat is removed from the sacrifice of the peace offering and the priest shall burn it on the altar for a sweet aroma to the Lord. Watch this. So the priest shall make atonement for him and it, what the sin, shall be forgiven him. That's the Old Testament. How many are thankful this morning that when we sin, we don't have to go buy a goat or find a goat, amen, and kill an animal and, and take it to the priest and ask him to shed that blood. Now, because of the new covenant, amen, now because of the blood of Jesus, now because of what he did back then, the Bible says we just confess our sins and we say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. And the Bible says that new Passover lamb just says, I've forgiven it, amen. It's under my blood this morning. I am so thankful for that this morning. I thank God for the blood. Leviticus 17.11, don't look at it for time, but write it down. It says this, watch this. This is the key to the Old Testament. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. For the life of your flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar, listen to this, to make atonement for your souls. So, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. 
And, and listen, you might have, people in this world might have different recipes for how to be saved, but the Bible says that the only way for forgiveness of sins is the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no remission of sins this morning. And so we understand that Jesus Christ became that perfect lamb for us. Now, I want to tell you that this morning, the blood of Jesus is the most precious commodity in the world. There's nothing of greater value in the world than the blood of Jesus, amen? And as a church and as a people, we need to preach and talk about the blood of Jesus. Sometimes people say, man, that's so weird. Why blood? Well, because you can't live without blood. The Bible says the, the life of your flesh is in the blood. Have you ever met anybody who's struggling physically and, ha hey, man, I've, I had to give up a liver. I had to give up a lung. I had to have a kidney transplant. I, ha I have cancer. I have leukemia, whatever. You're never going to meet someone alive that doesn't have blood in them. You can lose a lot of things, but you cannot lose the blood. Blood is life. And so God takes the blood and he makes it an issue. And it's always been something important for him. Why? Because blood gives life. And so now the life of Jesus gives us a, a life of forgiveness. And a lot of times, listen, I want to uh, tell you something. A lot of Christians don't understand the value of the blood. So that's why I want to preach this message. We've heard about it. But we go, why, man? It's just, that's, that's gross. Blood is gross. Listen, I didn't write the book. God wrote the book. But I want to tell you a little bit about blood, amen, and, and that we would comprehend the significance of it. Let me tell you the purpose of the blood. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I have Google, amen. And this verse tells us that the, the very life of blood in our lives, is, or very life of our body is contained in our blood. Medical science didn't really understand the blood until they were able to get a microscope, once their technology was around to get a microscope and they could actually look at blood, that's when it became amazing of how important blood was for us. Amen? Among this, and among, I'm just going to give you a few little facts here. Among the substances of the body, the blood is unique. There is no substance in our bodies this morning like the blood. The, 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 the science will tell us that blood is the only tissue of the body that is mobile. The body produces many fluids, but the blood is literally liquid tissue. Other fluids, listen, are limited to certain areas of the body, but the blood touches every single cell in the human body. Every single cell in the human body is touched by the blood. Amen? And so there's about five quarts of blood in your body, and this blood, listen, five quarts of blood travels through your body every 23 seconds. That's fast. Every 23 seconds, that blood is pumping through your body. It, listen, it carries oxygen and nutrients to the cells of your body, bringing life as it travels. Bringing life as it travels. That's why if somebody begins to bleed to death, they bleed to death because that life is no longer traveling through their body. Amen? It stops traveling. It's no longer doing what it's supposed to do. If somebody begins to bleed to death, it's not long until they're dead. Amen. Somebody has an open womb. It's not long until they're dead because the blood is no longer carrying life through them. Amen. You can relate that spiritually this morning. Amen. If that blood is not flowing through your life spiritually, you're going to die. 
You're going to bleed out, amen? How many want the virtuous blood of Jesus flowing through your life this morning, amen? And keeping you clean, keeping you healed, keeping you saved, keeping you forgiven this morning. This blood as it travels takes oxygen and nutrients to the cells of your body and then it says at the same time it removes the waste of the products in your cells. So it's, it's giving life and it's cleaning at the same time. The waste never contaminates, listen, the good things the blood carries which the body needs. Imagine if you will the local garbage truck picking up your trash and also, in delivering, also delivering your meals uncovered. That'd be kind of gross. Amen? The power of the blood, listen, is in the human body is so great that an infection in the bloodstream has the power to infect the entire body. Infection in the bloodstream infects the entire body. And the loss, I just said this a second ago, of too much blood has the power to interrupt human life. And so we know and understand this morning the blood is important. How many believe that this morning? The blood is important. Now, I want you to write a few things down this morning, what the blood does for us this morning. Number one, most important, the blood of Jesus saves us. The blood of Jesus saves us this morning. Amen. It gives us eternal life. Hebrews 9, 12 says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Some of us need to understand, I said this last week and I've said it many times before, but until you really, really begin to study the Bible, which I, I encourage you to do, and really get into it, amen? Listen, I was talking this week uh, to a pastor's wife in a, in a setting of other pastors, and uh, we were talking about some prophetic things, and this lady confessed to me. She said to me, Pastor, I am a pastor's wife, and this was not my wife. This was a pastor's wife, and she said, I am a pastor's wife, and I do not read the Bible like I need to read the Bible. How many know that we don't read the Bible like we need to read the Bible? Amen? If any of us are honest, none of us read the Bible as much as we need to read the Bible. This is our manual for life. And we need to spend more time studying the Word of God and understanding it. And a lot of times we don't understand that's why we have church. That's why we have discipleships. That's why we have meetings during the week. Because we're trying to learn how to rightfully divide the Word of truth. If you just open up and don't have any help, that's why God established the church. That's why He established pastors. That's why He established ministry. So that someone could guide us and say, you don't understand this? Here's what I've learned. Here's what the Bible says. And we begin to learn how to navigate the Bible. But I said a confession last Sunday morning for those that weren't here and I kind of scared people at the beginning and I did it on purpose because it's kind of fun I said I got a confession to make and I had a real serious face and I don't have it this morning so I've already messed up and my confession was that I am more in love with God today than I've ever been in love with God in my life ever I'm more in love with the word of God than I've ever been in love I'm more in love with his presence with his spirit I'm not going away from God I'm going more in love with God why because I'm reading his word more and I'm studying his word more and his word is coming alive more to me than it's ever come alive and he's saying I live I'm the bread of life get to know me I want to have a relationship with you amen how many want to have a relationship with Jesus this morning Last night, me and my father-in-law and wife were at Brahms, and we were eating some ice cream, and we were waiting in line, and there was a long, long line to get into that, to, to order the ice cream, and there was this gentleman behind me who was big, tall like me, 
maybe a little taller. And uh, we started talking, and I can talk to anybody, anywhere, at any time. I, have, I love talking to people. And we started having a conversation. I don't remember how it started, but we started talking. We talked the whole time we were in line. This guy was 77 years old. He looked like he was about 67 years old. But he, he looked good. He was in good shape. We started talking, and uh, he was telling me about businesses he owned, and he was telling me about different things. And, I, and then he mentioned the, the old building over there we were looking at. Remember that building we were looking at the, uh, on, on Elm and Locust uh, where the Rockin' R is? by the family dar. And so at first when he mentioned that, I thought he owned it. I thought, oh, this is interesting. I got the guy right behind me. I'm going to talk to him about this. And I come to find out he owned it before this owner. And he came to find out and told me that the owner of that building was not the greatest guy in the world. And he's kind of crazy. And so that was kind of funny that we had that common bond. So I said, in, in this, so he said, kept talking and talking. He told me about him doing a business deal with Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys. He's telling me uh, all kinds of things that he, that he, uh, um, had this endeavor and that. And so we just kept talking and talking. So we got to the ice cream thing and, uh, and he had mentioned that he was a photographer, also a businessman, photographer, done everything. And he said at one time he was taking pictures for some evangelist. And, uh, it, when this evangelist would call him and say, Hey, I want, I'm doing a meeting in Chicago or wherever. And he'd fly him in and this guy would take all his pictures and he'd take care of him. He'd pay him good and everything. And so he had mentioned that. So we're standing there waiting to order ice cream. And I looked over, felt led of the Holy Spirit. I looked over at him. I said, when you were going to all those evangelist things, did you give your life to Jesus? Are you saved? Do you know Jesus this morning or tonight? And he said, no, I don't. And I, and I, and I said, wow. And I said, he said, I'm not really into religion. And I shocked him, and I said, I'm not either. When I said that, he was like, wait a minute, you just said, I thought you were a pastor. I thought you had that church over there. Yeah, I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know about it. God's not about religion. God wants a relationship with us. And when I said that to him, listen, I didn't leave him to the Lord or nothing, but it messed him up when I said that. He didn't know how to come back to that. Because people think we reach God through religion. God wants a relationship with us. Listen, if he didn't want a relationship with us, he'd have kept us killing goats and sheep. But he said, I need to come down to my people and be among them. And I'm going to live the life they live, and I'm going to die for them, and I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to say, it is finished. Hallelujah. How many are thankful it is finished this morning? Because God came out of heaven and became an earthly man and lived a perfect life and became the sacrifice for our sins. So the blood of Jesus saves. 1 Peter 1, 18, 19 says, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from, from aimless uh, conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You are not going to make it to heaven on the beliefs of your family members. You are not going to make it to heaven or be saved this morning on some psychological understanding of God that somebody told you about. You need to know Jesus for yourself. You need to get a relationship and you need to say, God, show me who you are. I want to know you. And he will reveal himself to you this morning. In the New Testament, listen, there are two. Uh, you know what? I cut off myself a second ago. Last week, I mentioned the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. There's too many people today, erroneously, that say, man, that Old Testament's boring. Only people that, do, that have not matured in the Lord say that. 
Because once you begin to read the word of God, you begin to see even the, you know, the book of Leviticus used to be the most boring book for me. It was boring. All these goats and sheep and blood and, and offerings and sacrifices and smoke and it was so boring. Now the book of Leviticus has come alive to me because I see that all the things that are happening today are a, a, a product of revealing everything that was hidden in the book of Leviticus. I told you about the seven feasts last week or two weeks ago and what they meant. The Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Atonement. You see, all those are all time frames for Jesus. Time frames for God. And you begin to say, man, the more you look at it, and I challenge you, listen, I give you a challenge this morning to get in the word of God like you've never gotten in it before. Because I said it last week, and I'll say it again this morning, this is the most biblically illiterate generation that has ever walked the face of the earth. We don't know what we believe. We don't know how we believe it. And if we tell someone we believe it and they attack it, we don't know how to defend it. And it starts with understanding the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the most important thing. In the New Testament, 290 times, listen, there's a reference to the love of God. And 290 times when God has declared his love for man. So everybody, how many know everybody says God is a God of love? No doubt. But the same chapters, listen, and the same verses there, there are more than 30. 1,300 references to the atonement. 1,300 assurances that salvation can be had through the blood of Jesus. 290 I love you, love yous, and 1,300s I saved you. That's how much I love you. Four times more, he mentions, I saved you, I saved you, I saved you. Because what do we say as human beings? I can tell you all day long, I love you. But do I show you I love you? Jesus said, I love you 290 times, and he showed us 1,300 times. Amen. How many are thankful Jesus went all the way to the cross? Amen. Me and my wife were blessed to go down Friday night and see the promise. If you have not seen that play yet, who's, who's seen that? Let me see your hands. Listen, if you have not seen that play, go see it. It's open for a few more weeks. I guess it was the first time they ever did it in the spring. And uh, the, the missionary that we had here a few weeks ago, Richard, used to, pro used to produce it, right, or direct it. And it's awesome. They've been doing it for 26 years, and it's a great story of Jesus all the way from his birth all the way to his resurrection. And it is professional, and it is it's awesome. The stars are above you. It's a great date night. Amen. Just go get away and, or go as a group or whatever, but go see that and, 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 and see the life of the Lord. Amen. See those things take place and see what God has really done for you this morning. Amen. And, and I want you to know that salvation in the blood of Jesus can save anyone. How many know some people here this morning that seem impossible? How many have ever met someone that seemed impossible? You might have a coworker, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, and you say, man, there's no way that person's ever going to get saved. I got good news for you. Jesus died for the worst sinner that ever walked the face of this earth. Amen. And there is nobody that cannot be saved if they call on the name of the Lord. Listen, good works, prayers, weeping, tears cannot save you. Let me say that again. Listen closely. 
Good works, prayers, and weeping bitter tears cannot save you. Those are great things. But if there is not a cry out to God that says, Jesus, I believe that you are my atoning Savior. Jesus, I believe that you are the bread of life. Jesus, I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says no man can come unto the Father except through Jesus. Why? Listen, I'll get to that in a second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move through. His blood alone has the power to redeem. Sacraments are great. We take up communion. That, that cup we drank last week does not save you. The bread that we break does not save you. When you get baptized in water, wherever that baptismal tank is over there, it does not save you. Those are ordinances that we do in remembrance of the Lord. The salvation is in one and one thing only, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for your sins. Amen. Listen, I'm not quoting anything of my own. I'm quoting the Bible this morning. It said only the blood of Jesus, only the blood gives forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Man, until you've hit rock bottom in your life, maybe until you've really lost something in your life, you don't realize how graceful God is. How amazing God is. How powerful his mercy is this morning. Because listen, none of us deserve to be here. Second thing the blood of Jesus Christ does besides save us is it cleanses us. It cleanses us. Amen. It cleans us up. Not physically outside. That, that happens automatically in a process. There's a whole lot of people that look good on the outside but haven't changed on the inside. And I'll tell you a couple names. They're called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus rebuked them the whole entire time he was on the earth. They looked good on the outside. So it's not an outside thing that matters. That will come. That is something that comes out of a work that Jesus does. But the first thing that happens is he cleans you up on the inside. He takes away the anger. He takes away the bitterness. He takes away the doubt. He takes away the fear. Last week we were, I was playing basketball and I was able to lead a guy to the Lord. Dwayne was there with me. Brian was there with me. I was able to say the sinner's prayer with him on that court. And when we got done, we, we preached to him a little bit and said the sinner's prayer right there. I was praying he'd come this morning. I bought him a Bible. Pray for him. Amen. His name is Corey. Pray for him, please, that he will come into this church. But I, I, I told him when we got done praying, I said, let me give you some good news. Everything you've ever done before right now is gone. It's forgotten. It's forgiven. Everything you've ever done. And you, Dwayne, was his face amazing? His eyes lit up and he was like, man, I like that. That's the good news, church. The good news is that you can say, Jesus, forgive me. And the Bible says in Amos that, his, that our sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. That our sins are as far as the east is from the west. That's a long ways. The devil will remind you that you have sinned, but God says, I don't know what you're talking about. I forgave that, and I cleansed you from that this morning. Praise God. Hebrews 9.22 says, according to the law, listen, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. 1 John 1.7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, listen, his son, cleanses us from all sin. At a great parliament of religions held in Chicago many years ago, practically every known religion was there. And during one session, Dr. Joseph Cook of Boston suddenly rose up and said, Gentlemen, I beg to introduce to you a woman with great sorrow. Blood stains are on her hands, and nothing she has tried will remove them. The blood is that of murder. Dad, can you help with that classroom just a little bit? She has been driven to desperation in her distress. Is there anything, listen, in your religion that will remove her sin and give her peace? Isn't that what the world's looking for? A hush fell upon the gathering. Not one of the company replied. Raising his eyes heavenwards, Dr. Cook then cried out, John, you can tell this woman how to get rid of her awful sin. The great preacher waited as if listening for a reply, and suddenly he said, listen, John speaks from the Bible. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sins. Not a soul broke the silence, and the representatives of Eastern religions and Western cults could not say a word, because in the face of human need, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only one that can meet someone right where they're at, right at the moment, right in a place of desperation, right in a place of brokenness, church. Only Jesus can meet us there. Has anybody met that Jesus I'm talking about this morning? Has anybody been set free this morning by that Jesus, Jesse? Amen. Has anybody been delivered by that Jesus this morning? Has anybody felt the cleansing blood of Jesus come through their lives this morning? Amen. That's why I'm in love with Jesus, because I had cancer, and I was supposed to die. I was on a path to hell, and Jesus changed my path and said, I forgive you, and everything you've ever done wrong is under the blood of Jesus. I died for that sin. I died for that anger. I died for that problem. Call on Jesus this morning. His blood is still cleansing all over the world this morning. Hallelujah. Thank Jesus for his blood right now. Thank him for his cleansing power. Thank you, Father. Oh, I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what the world thinks of me. I thank God Jesus knows who I am this morning, and he knows my name. Not because I'm a good person, but because I believe in the blood that Jesus shed. Some people say, why in the book of Revelation does it talk about such tribulation? Why, why would God bring tribulation upon this world? I got an answer for you if you want it. Why would God bring tribute? Why would God get mad and angry? Until you've been a parent, you can't really understand God. Totally. I'm not taking that away, unless you, but we've all have been kids, so we kind of understand that. Unless you've had a brother, a sister, a family member, a friend, somebody you really care about, have something happen to them, you can put yourself in the understanding of God sending his son to this earth. God himself coming out of heaven to die for us. And then being spit on and being rejected. 
not being accepted. Can you imagine this morning if you gave your son or daughter as a sacrifice for this world and all they did was spit on the sacrifice? Would you be a little angry? There's coming a time on this world that the Bible calls the tribulation and it is not for people who believe in the blood of Jesus. It is for people who have rejected the son and rejected salvation and said, I don't want anything to do with that blood. Why do you think Pilate washed his hands and said, my hands are free from this? He knew, I don't want anything to do with that and I want, you to, I want to remind you of something, some words that were said when he washed his hands. Those people in the crowd that were asking for Barabbas instead of Jesus to be freed said his blood on us and our children. His blood on us and our children, they cried. His blood on us and our children, they cried. Well, that time is coming. That day is coming in the future, but I want you to know this morning that because of the blood that was shed for us and the fact that we put our faith in Jesus, it is not coming for a believing church, amen? It is not coming for a people who believe in the Lord and who've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Revelation seven fourteen says, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Isaiah 1.18 says, come now, listen, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It forgives. It cleanses. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, man, I feel so dirty. Maybe you don't admit it on the outside. Maybe you've got it all together on the outside. Maybe you've, you, you're fooling yourself even in the mirror. Something inside says, I feel dirty. The blood will cleanse you this morning. The blood will cleanse you this morning. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So number one, the blood saves us. Number two, the blood cleanses us. Number three, the blood heals us. Has anybody in here this morning, can anybody testify to the healing blood of Jesus? Do I have anybody who's been healed in here this morning of anything? I have. I could, I could take a while. I'm not going to, giving you some testimonies of my own self. But Isaiah 53 prophetically says in verse 4 and 5, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded, listen, for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was, listen, was on him. And by his stripes... We are healed this morning. Amen. He took those stripes on his back, not just because they were mad at him. They didn't know that they were fulfilling prophecy when they were striking his back. They didn't know that they were fulfilling the healing for your body. Every time he took the lashing on his back and skin was pulled off of his back and muscles were torn and blood flowed, every time he took a lashing, he took it for you and me so that we could say, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing over my body. I want to tell you that's not for the Old Testament or for the book of Acts. It's for today and you can be healed. Cancer can be healed. Diabetes can be healed. Arthritis can be healed. 
People, my mom can get out of that wheelchair. People can be raised from the dead because of the stripes on his back. Amen. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Finally, number four, it saves us, it cleanses us, it heals us, and here's the coolest part. It gives us access direct, directly to God. Straight to his presence. Some of you might this morning want to meet some politician or meet some famous person. We had a famous person in here yesterday, didn't we, Dwayne? The wedding. Famous football player. People want to meet famous people. I already know the most famous person in the world. His name is Jesus. And I talk to him every day. And I can pick up my cell phone spiritually any moment. And I can talk to the leader of the universe at any moment because the blood of Jesus gave me access to his throne this morning. So you keep searching for those people you want to know. And I'll tell you who I know this morning, amen. He can give you access to anything in this world. And there is nobody greater than Jesus. Exodus 12, 13 says, the blood shall be a sign. I got ahead of myself for, on the, for you on the houses when you, where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see, where's God's protection where he sees the blood? I learned from my dad. My dad's standing over there, that handsome young man over there. I learned from him a long time ago when he would pray. He'd always say, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my kids. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house. And I learned to plead the blood and apply the blood. And so this morning, if you're facing some demons, if you're facing an enemy, if you're facing some addictions, if you're facing uh, financial problems, if you're facing uh, some depression, if you're facing whatever it is you're facing, I want you to know that fear needs to leave right now. Because if you'll just plead the blood of Jesus over your house, over your bed, over your car, over your job, that Satan cannot come near where the blood of Jesus is. Amen? Those demons have to pass over that house. And they'll go pick on somebody else because when they see the blood, they shriek because there's power in the blood of Jesus. When I see the blood, I will pass over. And the plagues shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. That's where we started this morning. Let me tell you a story to end tonight, this morning. Sorry, and I'm gonna ask the musicians to come if you would. When Sir Henry Morton, and please don't shut me off just because the musicians will come. I want you to hear this story. This is powerful. I'm talking about the blood giving us access to God. The blood of Jesus is so powerful this morning that Sir Henry Morton Stanley found that out for himself as he was on a famed search for a Dr. David Livingston in, in Africa. He was confronted by a particularly powerful tribe that tried to hinder him from proceeding. The guide who was with him explained that if he wanted to continue his search, he would have to cut covenant with the chief of that tribe. He wasn't sure what that implied. So he said, what does that mean? And the guide explained that there would be an exchange of gifts and that blood... Dr. Stanley's, as well as the chiefs, would have to be shed. 
And Dr. Stanley agreed and they began the process. Before the blood was shed, they had to exchange gifts. Dr. Stanley was not in good health. Listen to this. And everywhere he went on this, on this excursion, he took a goat with him. Everywhere he went so he could have milk to drink. When the chief said, I want that goat, it was a very difficult decision for Dr. Stanley to make. But he was serious about his, his search. And he knew if I fail to please the chief and do not successfully make this covenant, I will not be allowed to continue to do what I'm here to do. In the end, he yielded and gave the goat. And in exchange, he got back a tall spear wrapped with copper. So Dr. Stanley was like, man, this is not a very impressive gift. I can't drink this. After all, what practical good would that spear be to him? Nevertheless, the, com- the covenant was completed. He kept on his journey, did what he was called to do. And the very next time his party met someone along the way, a very unusual thing happened. He's walking along with this staff, with this spear with copper on it, and every time he'd meet somebody, they would bow down to him. He didn't understand this at first until he was told the chief had given him his symbol of authority. Dr. Stanley had been worried about giving up a goat. And because he gave up that goat, now he could request a whole herd of goats if he wanted it. Because he had the power and the authority of that chief. See, what you do is you give your life in exchange. You come to Jesus and you, you make a covenant with him. And God says, all I want from you is your life. And we say, God, are you serious? I don't have much to give. He says, that's okay. Because I'm in the life-changing business. I'm in the miracle business. I'm in the making somebody out of nobody business. Amen. I'm in the business of changing lives. Just give me your life. And in exchange, I'll give you all power and all authority. And in my name, in my name, he said, you will cast out demons. And in my name, you will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. And in my name, amen, everything you ask will be given to you. Hallelujah. Why? Because of the power that he has because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. As he went down and took those keys from the devil and said, hey, I'm down here right now and you think you had me. But I'm going to rise from the dead in two days. I won't be here for long. I'm here for a short stay. And when I leave, I'm taking these keys with me. So whosoever believes in me can have everlasting life and doesn't have to come to this place because I went for you. I died for you and I paid the price for you. And when we believe in the blood, it gives us access to the throne of the living God. That's not a fairy tale. That's the truth. And Hebrews 10, 19 says, having boldness to enter the holiest of holies. Listen, by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. He gave his body. He gave his life. He gave his everything. And listen, all you have to do this morning is believe.